good day and welcome to Holding Fast. Great to have you today. How is your anchor holding? Uh, welcome to the podcast today. I'm sitting here at my desk in my office, have a cup of coffee and the Word of God open and meditating on the uh, devotional thought for this morning. Uh, if you had the opportunity to listen to the last podcast, I uh, began by explaining a little bit about that great interview that Jesus had with that famous man named Nicodemus, having watched a portrayal of that in a film recently. It reminded me of how important that conversation really was. And not just for Nicodemus, but really for all of us, for every human being, that conversation really holds the key to being where one ought to be with your Creator. How is your walk with God today? Is He real to you? Is He somebody that you are pursuing with a passionate zeal that you want to love Him more and be more like Him and know Him better? Uh, I hope that you do because after all, this life is so brief and we'll be spending eternity somewhere. So I hope you're prepared that if you were to step out into eternity today that you would be ready to meet your Savior. We talked about John chapter 3 last time. I called your attention to that famous interview where Nicodemus is told by our Savior that ye must be born again. Jesus went on to say in that exact same passage, he said in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I can't tell you probably how many times I've read that verse of, that passage of Scripture. From my youth, I have thought about it, I have meditated on it, and of course, a lot of times when you're so familiar with Scripture, uh, when you start to think about it and you start to meditate, you have to deliver it from its familiarity. You've been around it so long that it really may not resonate the way God intended it to do, uh, to be. When Jesus said those very words, uh, they were a staggering thought to Nicodemus. <clears throat> it was something that really um, was almost incomprehensible to him. And so as yesterday's podcast, uh, we learned about what born again means, that spiritual new birth that has to happen to every human being who wants to be a part of the kingdom of God. Um, born again, we discovered what it meant, but do we know how it actually comes about? This is equally an important podcast because I know there are many that listen that may name the name of Jesus. They may be disciples, but I think it's important that we disabuse ourselves of sometimes thinking that we're saved when we're really not saved. And I have no interest in encouraging doubt, but I do have interest in honest inquiry into finding out whether we're truly part of the kingdom of God. Is it something uh, that you choose, or is it something that God does to you? That's a great question. Jesus' words in John 3, 7 says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Uh, is though are those words you must be born again a command or just a factual statement? Uh, actually, the new birth requires both the work of God and the response of man. That's clear throughout Scripture, as the Lord reasons with human beings and helps them to understand that He's provided the way, but they need to respond. We do know that the Father 
uh, in heaven is the one who took the initiative in saving our souls by sending his son to bear the divine wrath of God against our sin uh, on the cross. Uh, in that way, God could forgive us while at the same time remaining just himself. You remember that passage in 1 John uh, chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and what? And just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's an important word. We often brush past it because we quote that verse to comfort ourselves that there's forgiveness in Christ. And that's true. And that's a correct use of that scripture. But when it says he is faithful and just, the word just there means uh, authoritative, or he is correct or righteous in the way that he does it. In other words, God could not just sweep our sins under the under the rug. He couldn't just toss them away unless there was a payment for the penalty, uh, a penalty and a payment for that particular sin or for all of our sin. So when the Father sent his Son into the world to suffer that divine wrath on the cross, God then when he declares that you are forgiven of your sin, he can forgive you and at the same time not violate that quality of his own character that means he's absolutely righteous and just. Every time we sin, folks, uh, we owe God a debt because of that sin. We are indebted to him. And so uh, what happened when Christ hung on the cross on your behalf, he hung there so that he might pay sin's entire price for you. Uh, then when you come to Christ, uh, when, when, when Christ uh, died on the cross, uh, his spirit opens your heart to understand this, uh, that the perfect son of God died in your place so that you wouldn't perish, but would instead, as the scripture says, have eternal life. Well, that's God's role. God provided the initiative. God made the effort. God intervened with his own arm. God loved you so much and he cares for you so deeply that he was not willing that you should die for eternity, but rather that you would live with him. And that's why he sent his son. Your role in this relationship, in this born again relationship, is to simply respond in faith. It's not a work. It is an ascent of your mind. It is believing in who Jesus is and what he did on your behalf. It is trusting in his promise. It is trusting in his sacrifice. It's not putting uh, your effort into anything that you could do, any act of self-righteousness, because you know it's simply not going to be enough. And, and I would say, in, in spite of what I said a moment ago, it's not just intellectual acknowledgement of who Jesus is. It's literally a complete surrender and abandonment of yourself to him. And this is where so many people fall short. They want to take a little bit of Jesus and then live a whole lot of their life the way they want to do it. And I want to call myself a Christian, yet I want to live life on my terms. And that's simply not how one inherits the kingdom of God. We have to see our sin as a great offense against God. He is the Holy One. He is the one in whom there is no evil. There is no sin. There is no shadow of darkness. There is no, no profaneness about Him. He is absolutely holy. And all of my sin, every act that I commit, is a deep offense against that holy God. 
Uh, and then you have to recognize that Jesus is your only hope. Fully rely on him for forgiveness and salvation. Um, there is no such thing as a halfway Christian. There's no such thing as a, a believer who kind of goes along with things. Uh, God says you've got to be all in. He's a jealous God, and he won't tolerate any rivals. And he wants all of you and all of me. And then he, be, then he becomes your Lord and your master. And your de desire is no longer to live for yourself, but for Christ alone. That means you love him, you serve him, you want to know more about him, you read his word, you're in church, not just when you feel like it or when you have nothing else going on, but because you just absolutely are, are staggered by his love and his forgiveness and you want to know more about him. And you no longer live for self, <clears throat> but for Christ alone. Are you living that way today? Is that he that important to you? I will say to you on the authority of the Bible that there is no other way that you can inherit the kingdom of God but unless you're truly born from above, born uh, again, saved and forgiven. God bless you.